At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Coming to you from the Circa Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Always on Twitter, at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Hit us all up on the network, at VSIN Live. I have breaking news in Major League Baseball. Joey Gallo homered for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yes, Gallo, who has struggled all season for the New York Yankees, acquired by the Dodgers at the trade deadline, hit a three-run home run uh, to help the Dodgers uh, really um, get back in this game and uh, extend a lead from 5-4 to 8-4. So congratulations, Joey Gallo, contributing to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, a fun day in Major League Baseball. We went 2-1 and one on our picks, uh, but the play of the day was a loser as the Houston Astros uh, spoil an okay start from Justin Verlander, but they lose in extra innings 8-4, to four, and I feel sorry for anybody who had the under. This game closed at a total of, uh, let's see, total of 7.5, and, and it was 3-3. Three, three. And it's going to the bottom of the ninth. A walk-off win for the Astros. 4-3 hits the under. You're pretty, you're happy. But it goes to the 10th inning. And in the top of the 10th, Texas scores five runs. Under, dead. Dreams of an Astro win and run line cover. Dead. The Astros scored one in the bottom. Didn't mean anything. 8-4 was your final. Our other plays were the first five under in the Phillies and Marlins, which came through with ease because Sandy Alcantara is just a first five under machine. Now, Alcantara did give up some runs, mostly in the eighth inning, and, and that's the problem with a guy that goes so deep into the ball game at times is that the more times you see a guy through the lineup, the more effective you're going to be against that pitcher. And so Alcantara goes through the first five innings pitching a shutout. He gives up a one run in the bottom of the sixth inning on a Kyle Schwarber double and then pitches a clean seventh inning, but in the bottom of the eighth inning gets tagged for three runs. The Marlins had at that point a three to one lead. They wind up losing the game four to three. Alcantara's final line, seven and two thirds, eight hits. Four earned runs, and uh, who knows? Maybe if uh, Mattingly took him out, 
prior to that eighth inning, the Marlins would have walked away with a victory. But nevertheless, the first five was what we played, and Alcantara pitched five shutout innings in that first five. It was a 2-0 Marlins lead for Noah Syndergaard. Actually pitched well. Six innings, two runs on just six hits, and four strikeouts. It was 2-0 Marlins after five innings. Our other play that came through was the Atlanta Braves over the Red Sox. They won 8-4. to Kyle Wright picked up his 14th win of the year. He went six innings, allowed just one run on six hits. He struck out five. Nick Pavetta, meanwhile, gave up three runs on five hits in six innings. The Braves doing their damage in the fourth inning and then uh, scoring two runs in each the seventh and the eighth. And Cha uh, added one more in the ninth inning. Earlier in the day, and this should have been the play of the day. It really should have been. But I'm going to let you in on something. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I didn't wake up in time. <laughs> this was a 10 a.m. Pacific time start. The Mets and the Reds from Cincinnati. Uh, I had circled this game last night. Uh, I was waiting for confirmation of the lineup for the Mets, and everything you know wound up looking pretty good uh, this morning as the Mets score early and often. Two runs in the first inning, three in the second, one in the third. They go on to beat the Reds 10-2. to The Mets are rolling right now. They are absolutely rolling. They have won six straight games, Eight of their last 10 games, and at 73 and 39, have the second best record in Major League Baseball. The Mets will take on the Phillies now for a key series here, not just for themselves and trying to keep separation in the National League East, but also the Phillies are a dangerous team come postseason time, and the Mets could, you know, knock the Phillies down a little bit and hurt their chances of getting into the postseason as a wild card. Mets and Phillies will actually play seven times over the course of the next week and a half or so. The Mets have three games against the Phillies in New York. Then they travel to Atlanta for four games and then to Philly for four games. So a tough stretch here of baseball for the New York Mets, but just like the Mets are rolling with six straight wins, eight of their last 10, the Phillies are rolling. The Phillies have won seven straight games. I believe it's now 11 of their last 12 that the Phillies have won. Let's double check that here. We got seven in a row and then eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. It's actually 12 of their last 13 games. The Phillies have won. So Philadelphia absolutely rolling. They are three games back of the Atlanta Braves for second place, second place, excuse me, in the National League East, but more importantly, the first wild card, which would give you home field advantage in that wild card series. Atlanta, they beat Boston. We talked about that already. They're 66 and 46. The Phillies are 62 and 48. They're one game up on the Padres and two games up on the Brewers in the National League wild card race. So that's where we stand right now in the National League wild card standings with uh, what we're seeing here. Mets winning six straight. Phillies winning seven straight, and they will begin a series coming up here 
on uh, Thursday, I believe. Yep, no, on Friday, excuse me. The Phillies play uh, their finale against the Marlins on Thursday morning. So the first game will be Friday night. Ranger Suarez and Max Scherzer should be a good matchup coming up there on Friday. Uh, Also, looking to continue their streak. The Dodgers looking for their 10th straight win. They're absolutely rolling right now, but we would expect that to happen. And uh, the Baltimore Orioles, who are playing real good baseball, had uh, their game against the Blue Jays postponed, so uh, they are unable to get the sweep, like we talked about, possibly taking on the Blue, taking the Blue Jays as they look to avoid the sweep. But the Orioles will head to Boston to take on the Red Sox here on Thursday night. And looking at the standings right now in the American League Wild Card race, Baltimore is tied with Tampa. For the third wild card, Red Sox are five games back. So Baltimore can really bury the Red Sox. And uh, even the Red Sox might be buried as is because there are three other teams ahead of them. They're staring up at the White Sox and the Twins and the Orioles. But Baltimore with a chance. They have won two straight, seven of their last ten. And they are tied with Tampa for the third wild card. Speaking of those Tampa Rays, they lost in 10 innings to the Brewers, 4-3. to three. And uh, coming up, they will face the Orioles on, the, uh, on Friday. So the Orioles and Red Sox will play just one game. And then the Orioles will head um, to Tampa to take on the Red Sox. So a little bit of an awkward situation for the Royals. A little bit of a weird travel spot. So they are, they were home. They had this home series. They're going to travel to Boston for one game and then travel down to Tampa for a clutch three-game series. Looks like uh, Spencer Watkins, Corey Kluber set to start game one of that series on Friday night. Does that mean that, you know, the Orioles might be a, you know, a fade spot here on Thursday looking ahead to this matchup on Friday or do they get the job done in a one-game set here in, in Boston? We'll see how this thing plays out coming up on Thursday night. Uh, speaking of the White Sox, as they they are looking up uh, at the Orioles, just two games back or two and a half games back, they lose to the Royals here 8-3. to three, But coming up on Thursday, they'll uh, send Dylan Cease to the hill as he looks to continue his Cy Young campaign and they look to earn a split of the four-game series. Right now, looking at the Cy Young uh, odds in the American League, it is Justin Verlander still the favorite, although Verlander here might have opened up the door a bit. So Verlander against uh, Texas did not have the dominant effort that we expected him to have. He allowed three runs in six innings. Like, that's a quality start. He was fine. Three runs in six innings. He struck out seven. He only allowed five hits. But he's minus 150 right now. Dylan Cease is plus 260. And if Dylan Cease continues to do what he's been doing, which is absolutely dominating opponents and not allowing any earned runs, there is a chance that come Thursday night, Dylan Cease either shortens the gap between him and Justin Verlander or just flat out becomes the favorite 
to win the American League Cy Young Award. Remember, we talked about this guy when he was at 10 to 1 a couple of weeks ago and then 5 to 1, and now he's plus 260. And after tomorrow's start, he might be the betting favorite in the American League. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Coming up next, we're going to have a little football roundtable discussion as I'll be joined by Tom Casali from Action Network and Mark Drumheller from Yahoo Sports. We'll kick around some topics, including the NFL preseason, which week one will get underway here on Thursday night with two games and also some futures bets as we look ahead to the start of the NFL regular season, also against college football. So a little roundtable discussion coming up next with me, Scott Seidenberg, here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Guaranteed prizes. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to the segment of The Look Ahead. It's presented by Zing Nicotine Pouches, the simpler way to experience nicotine satisfaction and enjoy lasting change on your terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. I don't know about you, but there have been times in life where I needed to make a change, but I wasn't ready yet. I'm sure a lot of smokers and dippers out there can relate. Zinn understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. So whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step towards change, Zinn will be there for you with the right strength, the right flavor at the right time. If you're thinking about making a change and want to learn more today, check out Zinn Nicotine Pouches at Zinn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. And it's time to have a little football roundtable discussion as we welcome in Tom Casale from Action Network and Mark Drumheller from Yahoo Sportsbook. Gentlemen, thanks for doing this here on VSIN. And we'll start with you, Mark. Do you bet NFL preseason games? Absolutely. If they're playing football, I'm going to get in on the action. So I, I do like. Uh, you know, dabbling just a little bit. You know, we carve out a little bit of our bankroll for the preseason. It's a lot of unders. It's a lot of following, uh, you know, beat writers to try and figure out who's going to be playing, who's not. But there's definitely some advantageous spots that you can grab. And Tom, how about you? How invested are you in the preseason? 
A little bit. You know, I'll find angles like last week where, you know, Josh McDaniel went to high school five feet from the stadium in Canton, Ohio. I mean, that, that guy's not going to come back there and lose that game. So, you know, there, there are extenuating circumstances I look for. Um, or if you're bored, you can just bet John Harbaugh and the Ravens. Well, let me, let's, let's talk about that, guys. 20 straight wins now for the Baltimore Ravens in the preseason, yet we've seen this line move against them. Can I entice either of you to bet the Titans here on Thursday night? Uh, you know, for me, uh, it's uh, th- th- that game's a pass. Uh, you're also going against the odds here. The Ravens have won so many preseason games in a row, and everybody knows about this streak. People have been betting it for two years. So I, I could see it ending at some point this season. Mark, what about you? Any interest in the Titans? I, the Titans are a team that is just – I don't have a lot of confidence coming into the season with. And I'll tell you what, I'm the type of guy, I get to the roulette wheel. If it's on red three times in a row, I'm riding red until it stops paying <laughs> out. That's kind of how I feel with the Baltimore Ravens. If they're going to keep playing these games to win, I like back in winners. So I would take the Ravens there. Tom, how do we feel about the Giants going up against the Patriots? Uh, I, I was really intrigued by the idea that – Brian Dable was not allowing the media to film any portions of 11 on 11 drills because he doesn't want any information about what he's doing offensively to be leaked out. Do we think we're going to get some vanilla play calling here in the preseason because he doesn't want anything on film? Yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how much Tyrod Taylor plays in this game. Uh, both teams have a, have a veteran backups, Hoyer with New England. You know, the thing about Belichick is so, some people think he doesn't care about the preseason. Well, he's 8-3 and three against the spread and last 11 in the preseason. You know, Bill cares about developing those guys and playing hard in the preseason more than I think the casual fan realizes. I know the line has moved to the Giants. I kind of like the Patriots a little bit in this spot. Uh, I I just think their quarterback duo in the second in the second quarter, second half is going to be better than the Giants. But I do think the Giants' defense is going to be one of the surprise units in the NFL this year. So it could be a low-scoring game, but I lean the Patriots as a small dog. Mark, do you have another preseason game that you've circled that you want to bet already? Yeah, I actually hopped on Seattle. I got three and a half with Seattle against Pittsburgh. And, you know, when you look at Seattle, obviously big rebuilding process, but they're trying to figure out who's going to play quarterback. Is it going to be Geno Smith? Is it going to be Drew Locke? And, you know, everything I hear coming out of Seattle is is they kind of want to change now that Russell Wilson's out of the picture. They want to be more vertical down the field. So I think we might see a lot of that in the preseason to see which quarterback can you know, really move the ball down the field vertically and take some big shots. We know that's been Drew Locke's MO since he came into the NFL. And I think if we see a lot of that, what have we heard from the NFL in the preseason? They want to call, they want to emphasize more, you know, defensive illegal contact, things like that. So if you're pushing the ball vertically in a game where there's, you know, lots of maybe not, you know, the best players on the field, we could see the refs you know, a lot more flags, pass interference, illegal contact, helping them move the chains. So, you know, capturing the three and a half, getting the key number of three here, I liked Pittsburgh's a team, uh, two and six is a favorite in the preseason with Mike Tomlin. So I jumped on the Seahawks here. I'll take the field goal plus. What's your overall take on the Steelers this year, though, Mark? You know, with uh, 
It could. It's likely going to be Trubisky to start. Could see Kenny Pickett at times. I think everyone's assuming they're going to be the fourth place team in this division. What's your opinion on them? Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with it. I think they're going to struggle. I mean, Mike Tomlin has done it year after year, has defied the odds and, and took some, you know, pretty tough rosters. You know, the end of the Ben Roethlisberger era was really tough and made them winners, right? But I just think Mix Trubisky is just too much of a job for him to handle this year. It's, it's a rebuilding year for them, but it's not just about the quarterback position, right? It's really about the lines. You know, we think of Pittsburgh, we think of big physical teams. They at defense. Great pass rush, but really got run on in a lot of key games last year. Didn't do a good job up front, and the offensive line has just been terrible. So when you're talking about Trubisky or whether it's Kenny Pickett, if they don't have the protection, you can have all the receivers you want. You're not going to move the football. All right, so not a long shot bet you'd make there in that division. Tom, is there a long shot division future that you like out there on the board? Yeah, I like the Raiders at plus 700. You know, that division's murder's row, and I can't argue any. If you like the Chargers or the Chiefs uh, I, or the Broncos, I certainly can't argue against it. But I don't think any team in that division should be plus 700. You know, I think Josh McDaniel's going to be successful in his second time around. I like Derek Carr. The weapons on offense, I mean, not too many teams can match what they have offensively. But, you know, similar, I like the Bengals heading into last season. And, and one of the arguments I made was I thought their defensive front was better than what people were giving them credit for. I feel the same about the Raiders. I think they have sneaky good talent up and down that roster. So plus 700 in a division where a bunch of games are going to go down to the wire. It's going to come down to what quarterback makes plays, what coaches make the right decision. I'll take a shot with the Raiders in the AFC West. I think the Raiders are going to be involved in a ton of high-scoring games. I might be looking at overs in all of these Raiders games and maybe some player props on, uh, you know, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr, Hunter Renfro, and, and, and a whole slew of weapons that they have there. Uh, speaking of the prop market, any futures that you like there, Mark? Any from a player prop perspective or maybe an awards future? Um, you know, in the awards future, I did take a shot at Trey Lance. Uh, you know, I took the big number there to win MVP. And again, it's, you know, it's really about just, you know, the accumulation of stats during the season. And if San Francisco can get that offense going, um, I, I like Trey Lance. I think, you know, he's obviously mobile. He has a rocket arm. And we saw in the preseason how, you know, they're going to be able to do things in that offense that they just weren't able to do with Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. And Brandon Ayuk it, it could have a huge year. Um, again, giving them more of a vertical element. So they got Debo back in the fold. They got all the weapons there. It's really going to come down to Trey Lance. But, you know, as a long shot play, I figured he was worth a stab at the right number. Well, you are more bullish on on them than I am. But I, I like what you said about Ayuk because I'm on Debo Samuel under 950 receiving yards. So good. Pass it to Ayuk. The more he catches, the less <laughs> Debo catches. So I'll be happy about that. What What about you, Tom? Any uh, futures bets or player awards markets that you're tapping into? Yeah, there's a. I took Derek Carr a while back. That number Love is it. shortened now. He he he's he's a popular pick. So I don't know if I would play him now. But one of the one of the bets I like is Jair Alexander to win Defensive Player of the Year at sixty six to one. I like the Packers this year. They have the number one rated defense for me coming into the season. I think they're going to win a little bit differently. Uh, than just Rodgers throwing the ball all over the place. And I think Alexander is becoming one of the top corners in football. So at 66-1, to 1, I'll take a shot on him to win Defensive Player of the Year. Can he win Comeback Player of the Year? Because he missed time last year. So, I mean, I wonder if the Comeback Player of the Year market there for Jared Alexander. 
Uh, guys, do me a favor. Let's do. Let's hang on for the break. Let's get into a little college football on the other side. The coaches poll came out. While I might not agree with some numbers, I understand probably the AP poll will be much different, and we can debate over uh, who is going to be that fourth team that cracks the college football playoff, or maybe we're looking for a third and fourth team that cracks the college football playoff. I'm Scott Sadenberg, joined by Tom Casale of Action Network and Mark Drumheller of Yahoo Sportsbook. A little football roundtable discussion. He gave out some long shot futures bets there in the NFL, but let's talk college football coming up next. We'll see if the guys have any uh, national championship odds or Heisman picks or perhaps some conference outrights as we get into the college football discussion coming up next. Once again, I'm Scott Seidenberg. The Football Roundtable with Tom Casale of Action Network and Mark Drumheller of Yahoo Sportsbook continues next here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSIN. It's the football roundtable as I'm joined by Tom Casale of Action Network and Mark Drumheller of Yahoo Sportsbook. We talked some NFL last segment. Let's get into college football, gentlemen. And uh, Mark, we'll start with you. Is there a win total that you have circled already for the upcoming college football season? Yeah, I hopped on Louisville um, over six and a half. Um, I think, you know, Malik Cunningham really coming into the season, you know, coming back for his senior year, there's just a ton of potential there, right? They have a lot of work on the defense. They hit the transfer portal. They tried to tighten up the secondary and linebackers. But it's really going to be about Malik Cunningham, I feel like. And and I, I think that the way that offense is constructed, they get a lot of their offensive line returning. Um, I, I think they're in a a pretty good position, you know, to, to win seven games. They won six games last year and the way their schedule plays out very soft in the beginning of the year, there's a couple key games, you know, they get Pittsburgh, they get wake forest, but obviously we saw the news break today, you know, Sam Hartman's mm-hmm. going to be out for an extended period of time. So that helps. But, um, I really think Malik Cunningham can take a jump here and I like Louisville, you know, to get over that six and a half. I know it opened up a little earlier and it continues to kind of move in that direction, but I still think there's value there. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, the, the, the whole ACC kind of gets flipped upside down with Sam Hartman out for Wake Forest. And we hope that he gets better uh, dealing with a non-football uh, issue there. Uh, Boston College will be without one of their, well, their best offensive linemen uh, for the season. So that might have an effect on Jakovic this, this year. Uh, what about you, Tom? Any win total that you've circled for the upcoming season? Well, we didn't plan this, but Mark and I are going head-to-head in week one because I like Syracuse over okay. four and a half a lot. Yeah, the, and here's why. They won five games last year. They went three straight games in October where they lost games by three points uh, to Clemson, to Wake Forest, and to Florida State. 
So they went over this win total last year, uh, and they could have actually won seven or eight games. They have 80% of their production returning. They finally have some depth at quarterback. Uh, you know, they have a good offensive line, especially in the run game. But uh, I do think the first game is going to be key. If they can get that one at home against Louisville, I think they get this easy. But either way, I think in the ACC, Syracuse could win five, six games this season and get over that total. You know, when Garrett Schrader took over at quarterback, completely changed the season last year for Syracuse. So uh, looking forward to see what he does in a full season here for the Orange. Uh, what about that conference just as a whole? Is there any team that you guys would pick that could unseat Clemson and win the ACC? Tom, we'll start with you. Yeah, I, well, I, I bet NC State at 11-1 to 1, uh, early on. That, that number is down now. Uh, to me, the guy is, is Devin Leary, the quarterback. I think he has an outside chance to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. They play Clemson early on. He's also about 125 to one to win the Heisman. Mm. That's an interesting game to me because I don't know. Listen, Clemson has talent. We know that. But I don't know if they have the quarterback play yet to be back like, like old Clemson. So Devin Leary, NC State going into Clemson. I think they're going to pull the upset there, and I like them to win the ACC. Um, it's about seven to one now. It's not the odds aren't as juicy, but I, I, I think that's going to be a great game. And if they get by the Tigers, they win the ACC. I've had that game circled on the schedule for a while now because I am under the feeling that that is going to be the first start for true freshman Cade Klubnik at quarterback. And uh, I, at 100 to one to win the Heisman, he's my favorite bet on the board. Um, this kid is the number one high, uh, quarterback recruit in the country. We know that Dabo Swinney is not shy about starting true freshmen. Look at Trevor Lawrence, and this kid is performing well in the. He performed well in the spring. That if DJ struggles and the schedule is kind of soft for them early on, because let's say he struggles against Georgia Tech, they can still get a win. Then you got Furman and Louisiana Tech. You can win against those teams. Should he struggle on the road at Wake Forest, what better way to introduce a true freshman than by starting at home against NC State? So look out for that one there. How about you, Mark? Any uh, other team besides Clemson that you would pick to win this conference? Listen, NC State's a good one. They got a ton of talent. That was a team that I was on early in the season last year. If it was going to be a different team besides that, I would probably take Miami and the mm. Hurricanes. I think them, Chris, the ball coming over. They have the quarterback with Van Dyke. They just have a lot of talent, and I like what I'm hearing out of there just as far as him changing the culture. And he's like, hey, you know, it's a new new error with him and really putting that foot forward. And sometimes you see that it can give a program a bump. You know, they're they're doing a great job recruiting, and I just think that – you know, that type of momentum can go a long way, especially in the first year. So, you know, I think Miami could sneak in there if, if Clemson falters. But, you know, like I said, I think Dabo, I agree with you. He's going to have a quick, uh, you know, trigger as far as the quarterback is concerned. And and they, they have a ton of pieces, you know, outside of the quarterback. That was really what held Clemson back last year. So it's definitely going to be a fun conference to watch. There's a lot of people very high on Miami, very high on Tyler Van Dyke. Josh Gaddis, the offensive coordinator, comes over from Michigan and is expected mm -hmm. to do good things there with the Hurricanes. And let's talk about his former squad, Michigan, and let's get into the Big Ten. Uh, obviously, Ohio State head and shoulders above anybody in this conference. But if there was a team to you know, unseat Ohio State at the top and be last year's Michigan, 
Which team would you select, Tom? Well, no one's going to unseat Ohio State this year, but I do like <laughs> Purdue to win the Big Ten West. Uh, again, you're getting around plus 700. The, I think they have the best quarterback in, in that division, in McC- Aiden McConnell. So, you know, Wisconsin is a good team, but again, they have Mertz, they have quarterback issues. We're not sure about Nebraska. Iowa has quarterback issues. And this was a very good Purdue team last year. So I, I think there's some value there to win the West, but I don't think anyone is going to touch Ohio State this year in the Big Ten. What about you, Mark? Is there a, a second team in the Big Ten? Yeah, I think there is a second team in the Big Ten in Michigan. And I think, you know, the way Michigan's schedule sets up, I I really think that they can stay at the top of the rankings. And, you know, it will be possible for them without being able to overtake the Buckeyes to get some consideration to get back in the playoffs. Like, that'll be something to watch because I think they have a very soft schedule. And Tom touched on it very well as far as, you know, the other teams in the Big Ten are just not there. Like, you know, Mel Tucker's did a great job recruiting, but with the quarterback situation there, I, I expect Michigan State to step take a step back. I think Kenneth Walker was just huge as far as yeah. being able to kind of create something out of nothing there. So, you know, you look at the other teams in the Big Ten, and they're really not there. And I think that, you know, Ohio State will beat anybody that's in front of them. They have all the talent in the world. But a team like Michigan, uh, you know, going through some changes, but I think they can still stay as that second-tier team there. So let's talk uh, other conferences and conference futures. Tom, is there another conference outright winner that you uh, like uh, that you like on this betting board? Yeah, I took two. I took Air Force at plus five hundred to win the Mountain West Conference. I think this is the best Air Force team in a decade, uh, and I think the conference is a little down as a whole. I was surprised that they're plus uh, five hundred. Uh, that's one of my favorite bets of the season. And I took a shot on Kansas State in the Big 12. And the reason I did is I think the Big 12 is going to be a little wacky this year. Um, and when you look at returning production, you want to see you know who's actually coming back. They have 10 all-conference players back from last year's team. You know, they, they got a pretty tough schedule. But, you know, I took a shot at them at 12 to 1. Uh, but those are the two conference futures I like. Anything from you, Mark, as far as a conference outright? Yeah, I I took a shot at two teams in the Pac-12. I know everyone wants to talk about USC and Lincoln Riley and everything he's doing there, but I think that uh, Utah and Oregon both have a chance, you know, a real good chance to win that conference. I think when you look at Oregon, they have the talent. And again, just like with Cristobal leaving the Miami, you get Dan Lanning coming in, giving more toughness to that team um, and could give them a bump in that first year. You look at, uh, you know, the quarterback situation, with Bo Nix, we're going to find out how much of it was him and how much of it was Auburn, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Utah is a team I think we saw towards the end of last year, especially against Ohio State and some of the tougher teams they played, that they have the talent to play with anybody. They get a lot of people back, Tavion Thomas. Uh, you know, a lot of that offense is back. So I think Utah, I think it's going to be a, a pretty tight three-way race uh, at the top of the Pac-12. So I was happy to take a shot on the other two teams. Yeah, I think Utah is the best team in that Pac-12. Kyle Whittingham is the best coach in that conference, and Cameron Rising at quarterback is as solid as they come in the country. Uh, Mark, I know you're going to stick around, talk a little UFC with us. Tom, we appreciate the insight. Good luck with your futures bets in both the NFL and college football, and enjoy the preseason. Thanks for having me. Have a good night, guys. There he is, Tom Casale from Action Network, part of the Football roundtable discussion here on VSIN. Uh, Mark Drumheller from Yahoo Sportsbook will stick around. We'll get into UFC. We got UFC Fight Night coming up and also some other big fights coming up in the next few weeks. We'll get Mark's opinions 
on those. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air. This is The Look Ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. This Vsin.com today. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. The college football guide is out now. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of all 131 teams, including team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations. Plus, our best season win total bets, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff predictions. The only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a VSIN All Access subscriber. Sign up for VSIN All Access today and get everything we offer for the entire football season, including our upcoming pro football betting guide. Subscribe now at vsin.com slash subscribe. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. After the football roundtable, Mark Drumheller of Yahoo Sportsbook sticks around with us as we get into the fight game. Uh, we have UFC fight night coming up this weekend. Let's start with the main card here, and let's talk about the main stuff that we see. Uh, talk to me about Cynthia Cavillo and Nina Nunez. Any read on this fight as uh, Nunez is a plus 140 dog I'm seeing? Yeah, it, it's an interesting fight because Cavillo is somebody who, you know, came into the UFC and really had a lot of success early and just lately hasn't been able to put it together. So it's I, I like her to win the fight. I just don't know if I can recommend it to her to win this price tag just because she seemed kind of like all over the place. Her last couple of fights, you know, really not motivated. Nunez doesn't pose a lot of threats like Cavillo is the better fighter mm-hmm. pretty much everywhere here. But I just... It's hard to back a favorite like Kelvia because you just you're not sure she's so inconsistent. You're not sure what you're going to get when she steps in there. As we move down the main card, uh, we see Dominic Cruz, Marlon Vera, Vera minus two fifty. What's the angle on this fight? Yeah, I like Vera. I mean, this is such a fun fight for everybody to watch, and even sports betters. No matter what side you're on, you're going to be sweating this one out <laughs> because you have Cruz, who is just you know a legend in the division, and he has such a unique style, like he has elite footwork and he just kind of like, 
you know, uses his mobility to kind of step in and pepper people and just racks up striking stats like it's a video game. And, you know, he wins so many fights by decisions and just by kind of like using his veteran experience to outsmart people. And his style is a little difficult to deal with. But Vera is, you know, unique in his own right and a hard puzzle to solve. And and he's a type of fighter where, you know, you saw against Rob Font where he got outstruck throughout the course of the fight, but you would have no idea by looking at Font at the end of the fight. Font was completely bloodied up, you know, completely swollen. Vera got the easy victory. And I think that those contrasting styles are going to be interesting uh, because if Cruz decides to stay on the feet for the whole fight, I think Vera is going to chop him up. And I think you're, what you're going to see is Vera really using his leg kicks to cut out Cruz's mobility. I know a lot of people that are on Cruz, they think he can utilize his wrestling in this fight. But when Vera knows that somebody's coming in, if that becomes like a last resort and, and Vera's winning on the feet, He's going to be able to like time these and kind of work, you know, kind of have counters for those entries that Cruz is going to come in with with his wrestling. So I just think this is kind of the classic passing of the torch. Varys, you know, in his prime right now. And I think that, uh, you know, he's going to come away with the victory. But it's going to be an exciting fight just because of the contrasting styles. Bruno Silva, heavy favorite, minus 310. Is is this a good parlay partner? Like can we can we put Silva with somebody else and, and find a little dance card here? Yeah, I think so. I think when you look at the card in general, there there's some good fights and some good spots. But you know, Bruno Silva is one of them. The where if, you know you can either play you know the knockout prop and try and cut the odds down that way, or you can parlay them up with a Josh Quinlan or you know Osborne's another one that you know I like that's probably in that two forty range somewhere around there where you get those two-fight parlays, so you don't have a bunch of legs, you don't have a bunch of risk, but you can still get some reasonable odds. But I like Bruno Silva there. I think he'll be able to handle business. And I think that, you know, when you get these cards with, you know, some significant favorites, that's a good way to attack it. Give me another fight on the uh, prelim- on the preliminary round that you uh, like here on this card. Yeah, well, one of the fights that I, that I really like on the main card, it's I think it's the first or second fight on the main card. It's, it's right after the prelims, but it's it's uh, Priscilla Cachoeira against Ariane Lipsky. And that's a, an interesting fight because these two were sp- supposed to fight last week, and uh, it ended up getting canceled. Lipsky botched the weight uh, uh, cut, you know, was came in heavy, and then the doctors didn't clear her to fight. And... That's always concerning enough when you have a favorite and, you know, she's up to like minus 190, minus 200 in some spots because she is the more refined technical striker. But the weight cut and, and and the issues that she had in her camp are really a red flag. And I took a shot here on the underdog at Cashwiera plus 165. Um, I think that she's going to really put pace on Lipsky. And if she doesn't have the cardio, uh, you know, in this fight, I think she's going to really wane off real quick. You know, she came out and said her issues with the weight cut were directly related to her, you know, having a bout with COVID during her camp. So those are things that could really affect her cardio. We saw how Amanda Nunez looked her first fight after she had cardio, lost to Juliana Pena, looked like a completely different fighter this time around. So I think there's a lot of value here on the underdog at plus 165. Um, I grabbed that fight and it's probably one of my favorites on the card. Next week, we will see Kamaru Usman against Leon Edwards. Usman currently a minus 335 favorite. Is this price accurate? You think it moves? 
I mean, I think it's if it moves, it probably moves in Usman's direction, to yeah. be honest with you. I mean, he's in the conversation of, you know, being one of the greatest welterweights of all time. And, and I think it's it's rightful because his skill set, you know, when you're such a dominating wrestler like Usman is, and then, you know, you, you can take that skill set and then build striking off of it you become that much dangerous. And, you know, Usman's a guy who, you know, knocked out Jorge Mastaval, knocked him out cold, just left him laying there on the <laughs> canvas. So, you know, he has that type of power. And, you know, Edwards is a guy who I think that, you know, his strengths, you know, what he's strong at, Usman's just stronger at, you know what I mean? And it's just one of those situations where you're, when you get to the top of the food chain for Edwards and you get those elite fighters, uh, you know, get matched up against those elite guys, um, it, it's just a tough spot for him. So uh, I like the favorite here. Not going to bet into that wide number, but um, I definitely think Usman's going to handle business against Edwards. One of the fights that everyone's looking forward to on September 11th, Nate Diaz will uh, be back as he gets put up against Chemaev. And it, it's un, it's a little unfair. It's one-sided. Chemaev's minus 1,100. But Part of me kind of wants to put a little bit on Nate Diaz. Maybe it's just like one shot. It's all it takes. It knocks him out. I don't know, but he's probably going to get, he's probably going to lose and lose convincingly. But at plus 700, it's worth a sprinkle, maybe. Yeah, I think so. I mean, listen, when you have this, these types of odds that are that uh, wide, it's, it's interesting in the fact that you, a guy like Nate Diaz has finishing ability, you mm-hmm. know, with his submission game. And a lot of people don't realize that because, you know, a lot of his fights, he keeps standing and, he, you know, he's he's able to win on the feet or, you know, and against Chemayev, like Chemayev's going to try and get him to the ground. I don't think he's going to stay there. And I think you could see Diaz maybe pull off a sub off his back or something, get Chemayev in trouble. And, you know, if I were to play Diaz here, it would definitely be that submission prop. I think that's the only path to victory. Um, I think Chemayev's going to win the fight. I mean, obviously, minus 1,100, but there's just not much value any other way. Chemayev inside the distance, still super wide numbers. Uh, you know, use him in a parlay leg at 1,100. It's not even worth it. So <laughs> if you're going to play the fight, I, I really just take, you know, take a small piece and, and put it on the uh, Diaz submission prop. And, you know, maybe you strike gold. Is that the biggest fight that's coming up in the next uh, couple of months, or is it Adesanya Pereira? They're all going to be good. Adesanya Pereira is going to be good because Pereira, you know, obviously has history with Adesanya, and then you have Oliveira and Makachev for the lightweight title, which is a fight that I already bet twice. I bet it when (laughs) Oliveira came out at plus 190, and then I bet it again. It got down to, like, 165, and, you know, it seems like it's going towards – um, Oliver, and I, I think rightfully so. I think, you know, Makachev's a guy who obviously has great grappling credentials, but, um, you know, he really doesn't have the resume that Oliveira has. We've seen Oliveira fight all kinds of different fighters and excel. He has submissions, he has striking, he can really do it all. And Makachev's a guy, you know, he's, he's on the rise, he fought some good fighters, but, you know, he's coming off a win against Bobby Green. Not that impressive, right? It's a huge jump to a guy like Oliveira, so... Um, I thought, you know, getting dog money with him at, at those prices was was, you know, almost like Christmas. So I just hopped on that. I took the 190 and then I took the 155. And just to bring it all back to this weekend, we are on Marlon Vera in the main event over Dominic Cruz, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. All right. yep. That's the one we're going to be on. Mark, appreciate the time and the insight. Thanks for being a part of the football roundtable as well. And we'll catch up with you again soon. Good luck this weekend. 
Sounds great, Scott. Thanks for having me. There he is, Mark Drumheller from Yahoo Sportsbook. Great stuff, talking football with us and Tom Casale. And then on the UFC, he's just absolutely lights out. So, and that was a pun intended, you know, lights out, fight game, you know, yeah. Uh, Marlon Vera against Dominic Cruz, the main event coming up here for this Saturday. Vera minus 250, I see right now. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.